0: Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 621 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bet BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Today, we're going to spend pretty much the entire episode talking about uh, the latest deal made by the New York Rangers. That, of course, being signing 26-year-old right winger and occasional left winger Sammy Blay to a one-year contract worth 1.525 million dollars. Sammy Blay was eligible for restricted free agency this summer, and after signing this contract, he will be an unrestricted free agent next offseason, and obviously we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but in the meantime, I think this is a good deal, makes a lot of sense for the Rangers uh, to begin with, and for anyone who needs a refresher, Blay was, of course, acquired by the New York Rangers last offseason, along with a second-round pick in a deal that sent Pavel Buchnevich to the St. Louis Blues. Bit of a controversial move among the fan base, kind of split the fan base a little bit, and even though you know this move was less than popular with a lot of Ranger fans, I do like the fact That, you know, Reindeer fans, they never really seemed, even the ones that were upset about losing Pavel Buchnevich, they never really seemed to take out their frustration on Sammy Blay. It's not like he was getting booed in the garden or uh, even really spoken badly of on Twitter. And, hey, listen, if you can avoid Twitter slander no matter who you are, uh, you're doing a pretty good job. You must be doing something right, Um, at least for the most part. You know, I I didn't see too many naysayers when it came to Sammy Blay. Uh, but honestly, it was kind of quite the opposite. I thought Ranger fans warmed up to play fairly quickly after he was acquired. And, you know, certainly this is somebody who does not have the same offensive skill and the big offensive numbers that somebody like Pavel Buchnevich does. But Sammy Blay, what he is, is a big, tough physical player. And that is, of course, what the Rangers were desperately trying to add last offseason, whether it was Blay or Barclay Goodrow or Ryan Reeves or, I mean, honestly, I think you could probably even throw Jared Tenorti in there technically. I mean, the idea was this was going to be a big physical player. He didn't really end up playing too many games with the Rangers. But bottom line, the Rangers wanted this team to be tougher and be bigger and more physical and be a team not to be messed with. And Blay was one of several players that they brought in to New York for that purpose, and Blay, I thought overall, got off to a solid start with the New York Rangers. He only ends up skating in 14 games with the Rangers, and that's really unfortunate. We'll get to everything that happened uh, with his season being cut short. Um, We'll get to that in just a second, but uh, first his stats, so Blay did not score any goals in the 14 games. He did have four assists. He was a plus three during that time. Had 17 shots on goal. Averaged 13 minutes and 27 seconds of ice time per night. He had eight block shots. And uh, the stat that really jumps out for me, and again, I mean, it's a small sample size. He only played 14 games with the Rangers, and it's unfortunate because I, I feel like we were all just starting to get to know Sammy Blay and starting to, you know, kind of figure out what he can do and how he fits into this New York Ranger team before his season was prematurely ended. But yes, the stat that jumps off the page, if you're looking at Sammy Blay's numbers from last year, that would of course be his 37 hits. So he averaged in his short time with the Rangers more than two and a half hits per game. And unfortunately, like I was talking about. His season came to a very, very premature end when P.K. Slubon struck again. Uh Blay and Subon ba- basically they're both, you know, chasing a loose puck in the corner. And Subon suddenly kicks out his right leg into the back of Blay's right leg. Blay's leg bends funny. It, it kind of gets caught against the boards, you know, the, the corner of the boards there. Just kind of an awkward angle. And uh he goes down, obviously, in a lot of pain. He's got a torn ACL. Jim Ramsey went out there to help him. Chris Kreider went out there to help him. They... You know, basically helped him get off the ice without putting any uh, weight on his injured leg. But you know, as far as Subban is concerned, if this had been an isolated incident, I might give PK Subban the benefit of the doubt. But this was just a couple of weeks into the season, and by this point, you know, between the preseason and the regular season, this is the fourth time that Subban caught somebody with a slew foot. And if you guys remember, he also got Ryan Reeves in the preseason last year, and at that time. You know, I gave Subban the benefit of the doubt because I'm thinking, why would anybody want Ryan Reeves mad at them, right? Uh, But no more. You know, by this point, the evidence had really piled up, so it's a dirty play, and it cost Sammy Blay his season. As a result of all this nonsense, uh, Blay has season-ending surgery to repair a torn ACL on December 16th. And this is actually more than a month after the injury occurred. The injury occurred on November 14th. But I do remember seeing, you know, after the surgery that, okay, Blay, he's going to need six to eight months of recovery time from the date of the original injury. And once again, the original injury was November 14th. So you do some quick math, November plus six months, that equals May. The playoffs start in May. So, you know, the question that I had, even at the time, even before the Rangers, you know, end up having this great regular season and this, uh, you know, crazy run in the playoffs that they had, I started thinking to myself, like, well, if they're a playoff team, I mean, that is six months, there's at least a chance that Sammy uh could get back into the lineup between or by the time that the Rangers are in the postseason. Now, it didn't actually happen, uh, but the idea of Blay coming back was at least being kicked around a little bit. You know, Blay was uh, around the team. He was out there at the one practice. He was no longer in a non-contact sweater. So obviously, you know, the possibility was at least somewhat on the table and would have been crazy if it happened. You know, if the Rangers had gotten to game seven against the Lightning, would Blay have been an option? Would Blay have been an option if the Rangers made it to the Stanley Cup finals? Uh, No way to know for sure at this point. But, Yeah, I mean, would have been a really cool story. And in a season for the Rangers that was chock full of, you know, just these crazy moments and, and, you know, these insane comebacks in the playoffs and winning all these, uh, you know, games where the Rangers are facing elimination, to have Sammy Blay come back, that would have just been, you know, the cherry on the the ice cream, basically. So, uh, yeah, would have been pretty cool. Once again, if uh, Sammy Blay would have worked his way back into the lineup, I'm sure that would have fired up his teammates. I mean, imagine you're a teammate of Sammy Blay and you're in the locker room, and you're in the Eastern Conference Final, and it's getting to, like, Game 5, Game 6, Game 7, and here comes this guy back into the locker room, ready to lace him back up in the same season that he tore his ACL. Alas, was not meant to be, but... Uh, With the signing of this contract, Blay once again now is back in the fold for the New York Rangers. And like I said, I'm happy about this move. Um, You can choose to, if you're somebody who will never get over the fact that the Rangers dealt Pavel Bucinavich, I hear you, I was a Bucinavich fan too. Uh, But listen, you can choose to still not be enamored with the fact that Pavel Buchnevich was traded away from the Rangers and yet still appreciates Sammy Blay and some of the things that he brings to the table. And we're going to discuss some of what Blay does indeed bring to the table and how he might fit into the Ranger lineup next season, and we will do that in just a second. Uh, but first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments League reviews and news including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting, esports and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including MMA, boxing and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On Podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. All right, so how does Sammy Blay fit in with the Rangers for this upcoming season? I see him more as kind of a bottom six type of player. I mean, there were times this season where he moved up and down the lineup quite a bit. More on that in just a second. But, you know, for me, Sammy Blay is somebody that, uh, in a best-case scenario for the Rangers, is probably on the fourth line. And I would say probably at right wing. He can play right wing or left wing. The Rangers had him, I think, pretty much exclusively at right wing because, of course, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but at left wing, you've got Kreider, you've got Panarin, and you've got Lafreniere. At right wing, you've basically got a bunch of question marks at this point, so uh, the Rangers had him at right wing, but there's been a little bit of an imbalance between the two wing spots, Um, but yeah, I kind of see him as a right winger, probably just because I got used to seeing him play right wing this past season. Of course, fourth line right wing is typically Ryan Reeves' spot, so maybe Blay plays fourth line left wing at times. And then, of course, you know, the kid line, they were the Rangers' third line uh, down the stretch this season and into the playoffs as well. The kid line might go from being the third line to the second line. And so maybe if that happens, you could have a situation where uh, Sammy Blay now has a spot available to him on the third line right wing. So there's obviously a lot of ways this could go. And, of course, we have to see how everything else plays out for the Rangers this offseason, you know, which UFAs are back, who's not back. Are there any new players that the Rangers bring in? Et cetera, et cetera. But if nothing else, you got Sammy Blay here. You know this is a guy that's going to hit, going to establish a physical tone. They don't call him Sammy the Bull for nothing. And that's another thing. You know, he had just gotten that nickname from his teammates. They had just started calling him that right before he was unfortunately lost for the season. Somehow that makes it just even sadder for me that, you know, his season once again ended prematurely and uh, came at the hands of, you know, a a not good play by P.K. Subban. So uh, we'll see if we also get the return of the French Connection at some point next year. You know, Blay, last year, you know, we talked about this, but he kind of moved up and down the lineup a little bit, moved, uh, you know, from the, he was at the first line, he's on the fourth line, jumping all over the place. Um, There was a spell last year where he got some playing time with Alexi Lafreniere. And as far as uh, Blay's best, offensive highlight of last season. It had to be the goal that he collected a primary assist on during a mid-October game in Nashville against the Predators. This was very much, you know, a grinded out, tough, physical, hard-nosed hockey game. The score is tied at 1-1 about midway through the third period, a little bit past the midway point of the third period, and you've got Lafreniere out there. It's Lafreniere, Blay, and Hedl. That was the line at the time for the Rangers, and Predators clear their zone. Adam Fox intercepts a pass in the neutral zone. He goes in hard up the right side, draws a little bit of attention, makes a centering pass for Sammy Blay. And Blay is right in the center of the ice, moving toward the net, and uh, obviously in some high danger scoring opportunity there. And everyone's basically expecting Sammy Blay to shoot, including, I'm sure, a lot of us as well. You got both defensemen kind of converging on Blay. Uh, the goalie, Saros, you know, he commits to him as well. Blay makes a really nifty move right there on the doorstep. He has it on his forehand looks like he's going to shoot, pulls it to his back end, dishes to his left to Alexi Lafreniere. Lafreniere has a wide open net and scores. And just a beautiful highlight real goal went on to be the game winner for the Rangers in that game against the Predators once again. Just a, a blue collar, tough, physical hockey game and a very gratifying for the a very gratifying win for the Rangers early in the season. And you know I hate to say this, I hate to even bring this up, but describing that play, it kind of reminds me of the goal that wasn't for the rangers in game 5 of the tampa series because it was kind of a similar play you know panarin to his left to cop Kopp. cops in the center of the ice everybody expects him to shoot cop instead dishes to his left to ryan strome and strome unfortunately can't handle the pass um so obviously unfortunate to kind of uh, have this play remind me of that but again this is a brilliant play and just a great pass by sammy blay really sold the fact that he was going to shoot Dish to his left to Alexi Lafreniere. And they were really funny after the game as well because uh, they were asked if, uh, you know, what language did they use when they were communicating out there? Because Lafreniere called for the puck and uh, Lafreniere immediately spoke up and said, oh, it was French. We we were speaking in French. So we'll see if, uh, you know, obviously play back in the fold now. We'll see if we get a French connection reunion at some point. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Like I said, at the start of the season, I think Blay is probably in the bottom six. I think Lafreniere is probably in the top six. But that stuff is always subject to change. And uh, we'll see if uh, at some point they're they're back out there again. And we can have some fun with a pretty cool nickname, the, the French Connection there. So uh, something else with Blay that I can certainly appreciate is he is just one of two former Stanley Cup champions on the New York Rangers, along with Barclay Goodrow. Blay won his cup with the St. Louis Blues in 2019 when he would have been just 23 years old. And that's really nice. You know, everything else being equal, give me somebody who's playoff battle tested and has a Stanley Cup championship or two. Now with Blay, of course, uh, he's still very young, still just turned 26 yesterday, in fact. Uh, But he's only played in 27 career Stanley Cup playoff games, Uh, But again, everything else being equal, give me somebody who has won a Stanley Cup championship. Uh, Obviously, there's guys out there that have played more Stanley Cup playoff games than Blay, but uh, he's lifted the cup over his head, and uh, that's more than you can say for a lot of players in this league, and like I said, one of only two former Stanley Cup champions on the New York Rangers. And Again, we talked about this as well before. I could see him still being a little bit of a Swiss Army knife role for this team. Again, we don't know who's going to be back, who's going to be on their way in unrestricted free agency. But it would not shock me to see Sammy Blay, you know, kind of moving up and down the lineup a little bit and just kind of, uh, you know, going into this line, going into that line on an as-needed basis. Uh, We'll see how that shakes out and we will continue talking about Sammy Blay, what he brings to the table for this New York Rangers, as well as what Chris Drury has done this offseason, why I think he's off to a good start with this offseason, and we will do all that in just a second. All right, so what else can Blay bring to the table for the New York Rangers? He could definitely play on the power play, and in fact, I had to look this up. I thought I remember Blay being part of the second power play unit early this season, but, man, that feels like an eternity ago watching the Rangers play hockey games in October and November when you consider, once again, the crazy season that they had, very successful season, and uh, the crazy playoff run as well. But, yeah, Sammy Blay did indeed get some time on the power play, pretty significant amount of power play time um, with the second unit. I think the Rangers— we're kind of hoping that Blay could essentially be the Chris Kreider of the second power play unit. I realize that's setting the bar very high, and certainly they're not expecting 52 goals out of Sammy Blake and however many power play goals Chris Kreider ended up with. But I think they wanted to use him in that role, just that big net front presence who's very, very difficult to move out of the crease if he doesn't want to be moved out of the crease. And uh, Blake, you know, something else that I noticed about him last season, sneaky good slap shot from what I can remember. So I would imagine, like most players, He'll have a chance to stake his claim to playing time on the power play next season. And of course, again, I know I keep saying this, but it will have a lot to do with what the rest of the roster looks like uh, come opening night of next season. There's a lot of players that could go one way or the other, whether they're back next year or not. So again, we'll we'll see how everything shakes out and uh, see if there's a path to, you know, significant power play time for Sammy Blay or not. We'll see how that all shakes out. Uh, One other thing that I want to mention here as far as what Blay did for the Rangers last season, he got into one fight. He took on Nick Paul of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Blay and Paul had a big collision in the corner. Apparently, they had been chirping a little bit for pretty much the whole game. Uh, The play stopped eventually. There was a a whistle, and you've got Blay and you've got Paul. They're still jawing at each other. They both cross-check each other a couple times, and they were called for penalties right then and there after the two post-whistle cross-checks, and then they dropped the gloves and they start fighting. And they fell to the ice pretty quickly there, so the fight never really got underway, but they were still jawing at each other uh, when the linesmen were separating them. And I do have to point this out as well. Uh, the score of this game when the fight happened was 2 to nothing, Senators. The final score of this game? Three to two, Rangers. So maybe Blake got his team going a little bit, gave them a little bit of a spark. The Rangers had a pretty crazy rally toward the end of the game. It's uh, a candidate for maybe being on our top ten best New York Ranger wins of the season. But yeah, very cool to see Blake uh, do what he has to do, drop the gloves at the necessary time, give his team a spark, and uh, yeah, something that he's certainly willing to do as well. Occasionally mix it up and uh, drop the gloves. But again, you know, this is someone that is gonna show up to play every single night, hard nosed player and somebody that I think can be an effective player for this Ranger team and obviously has been had at a very affordable price here. So very nice to see. And uh, just to kind of wrap up today, I want to kind of look a little bit bigger picture here. We're going to talk a little bit more about Blay, but I want to, once again, uh, give some credit to Chris Drury. I think he's off to a nice start this off season. He hasn't done anything, you know, earth shattering or anything that, you know, is really going to turn heads around the league. I think, People who are going to notice this are mostly reindeer fans, but I think Jury, nevertheless off to a good start this offseason. You've got a situation here where he's already gotten three players under contract. He again signed Sammy Blade to this one year, 1.525 million dollar deal. He's also got Vitali Kravtsov back on a one-year $875,000 deal, and we talked about that, uh, I believe, two episodes ago. So if you didn't catch that episode and you want my full thoughts on Kravtsov and him being back in the fold and how he could fit in next season, uh, certainly look up that episode for sure. And then what he also did, he went out and got Gustav, Ridal, to a one-year, $750,000 contract. Ridal uh, played this past season in the SHL and won the championship in that league. So again, there's nothing that's like earth-shattering here or all that stunning. Maybe the most stunning part is the very simple fact that the Rangers and Kravsoff seem to be in a fairly good place with each other, seem to be back on speaking terms. So baby steps, right? You know, Kravtsov, uh looks like he could be back in the mix this upcoming season. That is, of course, if he's not traded in the offseason. But I do like how Drury is sort of working backward here. And what I mean by that is, well, actually, let, let's take it from the top here. So the Reindeer roster, as it's currently constructed, the big name, star player, highly paid players, those guys are all spoken for. You know, you got your Artemi Panarins, your Mika Sabanajads, your Chris Criders, your Adam Foxes, your Jacob Trubas, your Igor Shesterkins. Those guys are all making uh, fairly significant money, and they're all under contract for a long time. And so the top part of the roster is pretty much set in stone there. Those guys are, you know, gonna be here for a while. But then, you know, what kind of comes into question is kind of the middle tier of players on the roster and the bottom tier. What Drury's doing here, like I said, the term I use is working backward. He's finding some depth players and getting some contracts done with them and basically just kind of filling out the bottom parts of his roster. And I don't mean this as an insult to guys like Sammy Blay or Gustaf Riedel or Vitaly Kravtsov, but Kravtsov, you know, obviously he's had a chilly relationship with the Rangers over the years. Uh, Radal is coming over from the SHL. We'll see how he fares. No guarantees that he'll be on the opening night roster, but certainly he'll at least have a chance to maybe stake his claim to that fourth line center spot. And it, now, Sammy Blais, uh back on the one-year $5.25 million deal. So he's signed three players that all have a pretty good chance of contributing one way or another to the Rangers this season. And those three players have cost him and the Rangers a grand total of just $3.145 billion. So I like this. You know, Again, take care of the bottom of the roster first and then see how much you've got left and see how much maneuverability you have to potentially re-sign guys like Andrew Copp, like Frank Vetrano, like Ryan Strom, like Tyler Mott. I mean, not all four of those guys are going to be back, that's for sure. But you give yourself... Uh, you know, some options, and you allow yourself to just kind of see, okay, how much money is left? How can we make this work with one or two of these other UFAs that we would like to bring back at, you know, a reasonable price? So we'll see how it shakes out. But like I said, there's nothing, like, crazy here that Drury has done, but I think this is a solid start to the offseason for him uh, getting these guys inked to these... You know, fairly inexpensive deals here. Um, That will pretty much do it for today, though, guys. I do want to remind everybody to please subscribe to the Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel if you have not already. Like I said, there's a lot of episodes, including this one, that debut on YouTube before they're available on all the audio platforms. So uh, you subscribe to YouTube, you can catch these episodes earlier than you otherwise would be able to. And on top of that, there's some bonus content on YouTube as well that you know, does not include full episodes. So, yeah, by all means, uh, definitely subscribe to the channel. And once again, to anybody who hasn't done this yet and still wants to, I'm still collecting our Temi Panarin stories. Game seven against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who are you with? How did you celebrate? What did you do? What was going through your head when our Panarin scored in overtime in game seven to eliminate the Penguins and send the Rangers to round two? I've heard a lot of cool stories from a lot of you guys and uh, can't wait to hear a couple of more and then share them all on a future episode of Locked On New York Rangers. And, one other piece of news here as I'm recording this, the Avalanche just squeaked by the Tampa Bay Lightning in Game 2, beating them by a final score of 7 to nothing. Good. I don't need to see the Lightning win three straight championships. It's not even because the Lightning beat the Rangers. I mean, that might have a little bit to do with it, but everything else being equal... I don't need to see the same team win the championship over and over and over year in and year out, uh, regardless of what sport it is. So i like to see the Avalanche break through. I think it's a fairly likable team and a team that's kind of been knocking on the door and hopefully they get there and uh, save us from seeing Tampa Bay uh, lift yet another Stanley Cup. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.